A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Fulham and Rotherham, can you just stop it, please? We're trying to stay up here, lads. Good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, here live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes, I am your host for this evening as we look back at yesterday's fantastic last-minute victory over Birmingham City. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Terry Smith, the grand old man of Charlton. How are you doing, Tell? Evening, everyone. Evening, Louis. Yeah, I'm fine, Tell. Yeah, excellent. Throat's just about recovered. Yeah, from the, the Portuguese man of war. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. wish we could hear that again. And joining us uh, here in the studio is Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? I'm good, thanks, Louis. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm uh, actually pretty devastated stated having just watched uh, the cricket <laughs> yes true that, isn't it? that was horrendous wasn't it i was i was tempted to leave actually at the start of the, the last over thinking well we've got this one wrapped up but then ben stokes decided he might as well just thrown it over the boundary himself <laughs> for the first two balls yeah. I agree, <laughs> Bless so, you. yeah dis- disappointment uh, there but uh, joy here at the valley yesterday as uh, a late winner from george eight to gave us all three points against birmingham city we're going to talk about that game you want to hear your views on that game as well you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live, uh, or you can go onto the Charlton Live forum where there's a thread on tonight's show and you can comment in there and I'll try and uh, pick that up. Of course, we're also going to talk about the incredible protests we saw at the Valley again yesterday, the uh, the stress balls thrown on the pitch to try and relieve the stress that the players are feeling and it clearly worked.
hurts because we won. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, from Card, the coalition against Ronan Duchesne. We've got an exclusive interview with a Card member, Alan Davis. Uh, and then in the second half of the show, uh, after Capital FM DJ Dave Berry uh, revealed today that he's placed a bet, he had placed a bet on the start of the season on Charlton to finish in the top six. Uh, and it's still pending, actually. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, according to the betting, whatever betting <laughs> Officially, company Officially, maybe, yeah. yeah. So after he he, uh, he posted that he made that bet, we want to know that what's the worst Charlton prediction you've ever made. Uh, so get your emails in studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive, let us know the worst prediction you've ever made. Is it worse than Dave Berry's prediction that we might finish in the top six? First things first, Tell. I'm just trying to work out, actually. You've just mentioned that Dave Berry yeah. tweet. It says it's still pending. We've officially got, uh, we're, we're on 35 points, right? To, to reach the playoffs, 35 points, uh, the, the bottom club in the, in the top bottom six is Derby on 64. Now, my maths means that's 29 points, isn't it? No, uh, 34, yeah, 29 points. We got seven games left? Well, I'm just doing the math. Seven times three is twenty-one. Exactly. All right. How so is it still pending? It's probably just poor, poor administration. <laughs> just got to wait for everybody else to yeah, not I mean, get anything. Yeah. Well, uh, unless know. unless you can get <coughs> wides in football. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I wonder this doping scandal that's been caught <laughs> right, up yeah. in, that's come yeah. out in the Sunday Times. Maybe we're the only club in the championship. Us and, us and Bolton are the only clubs in the championship. If it worked out, if it worked really? out, really? No, I'm just guessing. Just oh. guessing. If it worked out that we would, it was only Birmingham that was named out of our league. The rest of them were Yeah, well, apparently so. Yeah, didn't help. Even superhumans can't beat. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if um, uh, if maybe it's pending because maybe they've got a, another leaked story that every club from Leicester all the way down to Rotherham uh, and no MK Dons now isn't it? Yeah. MK Dons has taken performance in other drugs and therefore we actually might win a Premier League. Yeah, we, we we'll <laughs> all get a. Yeah. a- a, a thousand point deduction. That's it. Something like We've that. We've obviously taken yeah. performance affecting drugs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, that's I mean, they probably look at the table. There's no point in even testing those, po- <laughs> those boys, I yeah. think. Right. Uh, yesterday's game um, ended ended on a real high, didn't it? And it's, you know, d- despite everything that's going on, it's very, it's very rare this season that we've had such a, a nice ending to a game like that. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what's happening, last-minute winners just um, are just a joy to behold, aren't they? Uh, you just lose every uh, every credibility. There every was no- se- nearly another uh, cele- celebratory uh, injury was from there? myself. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did nearly, you fling yourself? Nearly added to my uh, my shin scar from Johnny Jackson's goal at uh, Peterborough. I did ask actually after I was I was desperate that uh, George was going to come into the post uh, match interviews because I wanted to know whether or not he pushed George Johnny Jackson out of the way to get that header because they were close. Yeah, yeah, very well, close. Looking back at the uh, the the highlight of the goal that marking at the far post so they seem, it seemed to be Jacko and Giorgio were only had one marker between them and that's why mm. he was able to, to peel away at that back post but you know something that, that Jacko's mentioned every time after he scores from a corner he says that we don't attack him enough so it's nice to see that we've actually had a couple Absolutely. of bodies going in at that, at that uh, back post and maybe because Birmingham have um, I think Birmingham have succumbed to a couple of Jackson uh, strikes mm. uh, and maybe with Morrow at the back there they're saying he's the man you've got to watch and so their focus was almost entirely on Johnny Jackson yeah. and didn't spot George coming in Mm. Possibly. Uh, obviously, the the start of the game, uh, as, as is now customary at the Valley, we uh, we had to throw stuff on the pitch as it started. Uh, Very stressful, it was. Yeah, stress, stress balls this time. It was um, uh, uh, slightly different to the beach balls, smaller and therefore harder to clear up. And, uh, and harder it, when they hit you. No, they're not stress balls. You know what, right? Depends what the I vol- was, what, Can I just say, right? I was walking my mascots to their seats when that started and we were having to duck (laughs) because there was like hundreds of them. Yeah. And they don't, if something's coming from that far, it hurts you. It don't matter how light it is. You've got to meet it with the same velocity. 
So you've got to dive well, in the thing. I'm trying to dark out of the way of well, I thought, it was, I thought it was hilarious, and um, the, uh, it, it certainly caught the imagination of the media. The, the pictures look really good, um, and uh, got hundreds of retweets. Can I say, I made a point of actually making this, unfortunately, uh, the commentary's been lost, so I'm, I'm quite happy about it, uh, <laughs> especially after the goal. Um, because uh, the same steward, you know the one I mentioned the last time, the beach ball steward, who was crowd. actually kicking them or throwing them back into the crowd. Was he? It was the same fellow did it with the stress balls as well. No way. They come and you, just that look what of... An idiot. The look of, uh, of, of sheer <laughs> horror when they come back again. Do you know what I mean? It's just thinking, what are you doing that for? Well, hang on. Hello? Can I just ask as well, how do people get them in? Because I heard that stewards were like fisking people and that. Do you know, I went and someone said that they'd put them in their pants and I was like... How'd you get a stress ball in your pants? I'll explain later. Obviously, a lot of spare room in there. <laughs> I'll explain off air. Who, uh, that's all <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say. Louis and I walked through the turnstile six times. We didn't get searched <gasps> once. It was very disappointing. Not that we smuggled any. You smuggled them all in. No, I didn't smuggle any, and I was just looking for the search. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen some of them, Stuart? It's desperation. Yeah, desperate. Yeah, tell me about it. No, no, I know they were, they were taking a, they were taking a few off people as, as as they entered the ground, but the word soon got out to, to make sure you're hiding it well. I mean, the, the, the searches weren't that good i mean uh amy amy had one in her handbag and she just covered it with an envelope <laughs> oh. a ticket for an away i wonder game. where he was going with that conversation yeah. i gotta be honest and uh, and they didn't see that one there it's, were a few people walking in looking like john wayne so i wouldn't have been <laughs> I, wouldn't, a few, uh, I wouldn't have wanted to, yeah i wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of them as they hit the pitch of, uh... yeah leave it there yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if um, what has brown got to do with the protest we asked lubrication <laughs> saying that saying, saying they got smuggled in in the chat and pocket <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have to lower the tone. Oh, we're going very downhill here, aren't we? <laughs> uh, but uh, the second game in a row, and, and if, you, if you look at the games where the, the biggest protests have been this season, uh, you look at the Sheffield Wednesday game was the first major protest that came into the ground. Uh, we won that game. Uh, the Middlesbrough game was the first time that the players were probably inconvenienced by a protest. We won that game. And yesterday, again, uh, I, think, I think there's definitive proof that it doesn't matter how, <coughs> matter how much we well, protest. Bizarrely. The players, are, the players can ignore that and they can get on with what they want and maybe even harness the passion in the crowd I think that's the point I don't think it's a case of whether you ignore it or not I think one it doesn't affect I mean I don't care what you say I think booing affects players getting on the players backs affects players but the whole protest thing when when fans are up especially at the start of the game uh, it can do it can't do anything else but lift the atmosphere but yeah, because they're not antagonising against uh, individual p- uh, players mm. or individual performances or a missed pass they're actually <clears throat> up and at them and uh, uh, and I think that's. I just think it affects the players in a positive way. I've got two two points on this as well. When um, I wonder whether it weirdly makes them more focused because Jose has been saying to them, just ignore it, ignore the protests, and whether that is somehow helping them to focus better. Weirdly, but also when I um, John Fortune was at the game yesterday, and he said to me, "It's the best atmosphere I've heard here for a long time." Yeah. And, so, and that the, the the way that the protest house does actually lift the crowd, like I say, it, it transpires into lifting the players because mm. the atmosphere is good. I mean, we've known especially oh, with the, so loud yesterday. The, um, the, the way the season has progressed, it's been a situation where that, there hasn't <coughs> been much of an atmosphere because there's been nothing on the pitch to, uh, to to try and cheer for. Well, now there is things on the pitch, balls, and and, we, and that lifts the atmosphere and, and that and that helps. So you, it, it proves that. If the if the players had been playing well from the start of the season, they'd get that atmosphere anyway, and they'd be. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that the yeah. crowd haven't had anything to cheer for now, they've been galvanised by these protests, and and it, and it lifts them up as mm. well. The um uh, the, the squad boosted uh, before the game with the return of a, a few players from injury. I mean, Henderson mm. was on the bench, Solly was on the bench, Jordan Cousins back in. We missed him at Sheffield Wednesday, and 
My word. Uh, I used the word tenacious yesterday on, on Twitter because it, that's what he was. He was he was really dragging us through when, when the game was tough and he was running back and winning balls. And <clears throat> I think we've got uh, two players in that midfield now and, I, and um, when we um, hear the LODR interview, I, I, I asked him a similar question. I think they both complement each other. You've got um, Alu there allows um, Jordan to play. It allows, gives them Jordan that freedom so he doesn't have to be the playmaker, the ball maker, mm. which I don't think he, um, at the moment anyway, in his career, um, I don't think he enjoys. What he does enjoy is just box to box, getting stuck in, disrupting play, putting his foot in, releasing the ball to people who can do stuff with it. Mm. Um, and that's his game. And, and, and he's superb at it. Yeah, that's what, um, what Benji was saying to me uh, in the pub after the game. He was saying, you know, Jordan, for, for him, Jordan hasn't, isn't quite there yet going forward. So he, mm. pre- he prefers him sitting deep, breaking up play and then, and then dis- distribute it to, so- to someone else. So Ross on Twitter says maybe it helps the team talking about the protests. So the Charlton players are used to it, but for the opposition, it can be a distraction. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah, that is a good point. Right, the, uh, the opening sort of half an hour of the game, I think it was actually quite a quiet game until, until Birmingham took the lead. I think that, that sort of like a couple of times Callum got towards the edge of the box and, and was dispossessed. And uh, there was a shot from Igor again outside the area. There wasn't much in terms of goal mouth action until, until Torrell... <laughs> poked Birmingham ahead. No, and it was a deflection as well from the cross. Um, but up to that, for about five or ten minute period before that goal came in, they started to overload us down our left-hand side. And Sukyong kept, um, you know, obviously he wants to get forward. He's probably given uh, um, an, any, a remit to get forward. But um, at times, they, um, Morrow was, was, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the time Morrow was very right-sided uh, centre-half yesterday. And I think um, <clears throat> because of that, so Young kept drifting inwards um, and getting caught out. And uh, a number of occasions, I think Fox was left a little bit isolated down there. And, and don't get me wrong, uh, Morgan went through, uh, forward a few times and also got caught out um, in the opposite direction. So for, for about five or ten minutes before that goal, you, I wouldn't say you could see it coming, but we were getting um, uh, done quite a bit down our left-hand side. And, and that's where the goal came from in the end. Uh, from exactly the same sort of thing. I think Sook Young lost the ball or, or uh, misplaced pass or whatever down that left-hand side and they overloaded and um, uh, the cross came in from that left-hand side and nobody, Terrell who started uh, the move with the interception, I think it was, just kept running and nobody tracked him and uh, just open goal, wasn't it? Yeah, easy, easy finish for Terrell. We've seen too Shame many... he didn't suffer from the concussion a couple of minutes earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've seen, uh, we, we've seen too many times so far this season Charlton go a goal behind and then fall apart. I mean, especially in the last game against Sheffield Wednesday, we were you know, not, not coasting. We, we were quite comfortable away at Sheffield Wednesday until we conceded and then, and then we fell apart. So possibly important that we got back into it so soon? Uh, I think vital, actually, yes. <laughs> I think um, it was a fairly innocuous... Um, I thought after Callum, it looked like he fell over the ball, trying to, it, the yeah. ball was just slightly behind him, and he, um, he sort of overrun it a little bit, and then I thought that the chance had gone. But to be fair to Callum, he did well to, 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 to stay <coughs> involved and, and mm. poke it back to, uh, to Johan. And what a strike that was. I know it took a deflection. But, I didn't realise it had until I watched it last night. Yeah, it, um, I think it was... Um, I'm trying to think of the guy. It was... Uh, Robinson, I think it came off uh, in the end. But um, uh, about time he retired. <laughs> well, if you if you if you listen yeah, to any, about 15, eh? yeah. no Robinson. <laughs> if you if you listen to any Birmingham fan, any of my mates who are Birmingham fans, they all think he should. He got caught out well. two or three times from uh, with Eagle uh, running behind him <laughs> with the ball over the top or mm. ball bouncing. So I thought that was where our best chance was going to come from. Mm. Um, so the shot from Johan out of nothing really. 
um, and to get straight back into it then. And I thought um, second half, uh, after a, a little couple of minute period at the beginning, I thought we imposed ourselves in the second half. Yeah, well, what, totally. have you, what have you made of Johan's performances so far this season? If you if you look at his assist numbers, they're they're right up there. I still, think goal, he's got the ability. Yeah, I think the goal scoring hasn't been quite so much. But. I think he's been in and out of games, mm. um, which uh, which um, I think last season he he was more involved in the build up, and that that may be down in the beginning of the season he was as well. That may be down to the fact that. As I said before, I think we've, we've had we've struggled in the midfield to command it, and I think uh, he's another player, probably a bit like Jordan. He's not a player that, uh, or the opposite of Jordan, he's not a player who's going to get his foot stuck in. Uh, he's not going to win battles in midfield. He's the he's the one you want to give the ball to after somebody else has done that, mm. and we haven't had those people often enough yeah. in midfield to to be able to release him. So it's probably being a little bit harsh, and I probably was as well. I've got to admit, um, I you know I th- I'm thinking he's got one eye on the Euros and Euros, doesn't want to yeah. break his legs, uh, which I can understand. By the way, I'm not, not knocking him for that been at all. Been saying that for a while, haven't um, you? But, you but on the other people not wanting to break their legs, absolutely, yeah. old-fashioned. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, on the other hand, wouldn't want to break their legs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but on the other hand. Um, the uh, uh, the fact that we haven't had a settled midfield um, or a midfield capable, strong enough and capable enough, often enough to be able to give him the ball to be dangerous with might also be the factor. And yesterday we did, and for a good portion of the time he was he was a dangerous, dangerous player. Now, like you say, in that second half, I mean, apart from maybe a couple of half chances for, for Cotterill, I think down the other end, and when uh, Clayton Donaldson come on, I think there was a one bit where he cut inside. It, again, it was it was it was more us. And Lookman came on at half time, but I don't think he really made the big difference that we, that we saw against that 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 time say when he came on against MK. But Dons. I think what it did do. Um, and again, if you listen to uh, the post match interviews in a minute, um, I think what it did do is it occupied that left hand side more. Than was being done in the in the first half. Uh, they didn't get forward as nearly as much down our left hand side in the second half as they did in the first, because um, Cadiz was uh, overly concerned uh, about the pace of um, of Adamola. So yeah. he need he couldn't bomb forward nearly as much in that second half as he did in the first. I did. think he's a good in that respect. Even when he's not creating things, he's a good distraction because they've obviously heard about him and, and what he can do. I mean, he's so fast with the ball, isn't yeah. he? So it, he can, he can. He's one of those that can make something out of nothing. So I think he was a good distraction in that, and then it allowed others to get in. And Sorry. Igor, um, I think, had a much better second <coughs> half as well. Oh, he was quality. Uh, but I think we involved him more as well, which helped because there yeah. were a lot of times in that first half where it was a bit hit and hope. There's obviously questions about his fitness all the time with, with him, but he started yesterday and. And uh, I don't know if you noticed in the first half when he actually uh, the, he realised that the ball was going to go over um, Caddis's, uh, not Caddis, Robinson's head, and he showed that pace that we haven't seen for a while. Because um, um, I think we mentioned it last season when when we seem to have lost that edge, it's because mm. he was sc- he's scared. I think uh, we, mentally he's scared with the, the, the hamstring's going to go again. We saw, we saw it, yeah. Down, I think in the start, I think it was at the start of the second half, he went mm. down, and I honestly thought his leg had exploded the way he was rolling around, and then <laughs> yeah. he was up. Was that the away. clash with the keeper? Uh, I can't remember. No, I think no, it, was, it was outside the area. I think it was oh, okay. the one that Johan ended up firing the, the free kick just oh, right, wide. Because yes, I remember, remember uh, vividly against um, uh, Blackburn away. But I can't remember if it was this season or last season where something similar happened. He went down injured. Thought he was. He obviously fought in his mind. He, he reacted as if his leg had fallen yeah. off. Yeah. And then he was up within because it is such a mental thing. It's, it? Yeah, it's real psych. Uh, I think we'd heard that before, hadn't we? That he was getting ready to come back, and then psychologically, it's almost like he he can't manage Explode. that next step into actually coming back into the team because he's frightened of what might happen. 
and then yesterday. And I think because he's got through that. I mean, when you when I saw him at the end of the game, he was on the pitch when he like all the lads were going around clapping. He was in a heap on the floor, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, is he all right? And I think it was just probably the relief that he'd got through ninety minutes, so, yeah. and he's yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, Robin Lisbon tweets in, Hi guys, just want to give a big shout out to the card team. It was an amazingly powerful protest. Uh, keep it up. Help Helps on the way. Well, that'd be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, who's, he got, who's he's got lined up? The A team or something. Uh, the, the, the chances started coming in that second half, didn't they? We saw we saw that free kick from Johan go wide. I think Morgan connected with a corner. Diara's header. I mean, Diara's header, good save. I mean, the, the biggest one fell, fell to Callum Harriet. Yeah, I mean, there was. Uh, it, it did at times look like, uh, or it felt at times that uh, this this isn't coming. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we'd had a number of chances that we, uh, I wouldn't say spurned, it's probably a bit harsh, but a number of chances where we didn't bury it. Uh, Callum's did, is one. Diara's, yeah. I thought Diara's was was the best chance, the header over the bar. But um, and there was just that hint of oh, this isn't coming. But bizarrely, when Jacko came on, yeah, just, straight just away, felt, yeah, just I, felt that I was th- like, this could happen in now. the stars. Yeah. We, even yeah. if it's not him that scores, when he came on, he just gave us that bit of hope that something was going to happen. Well, I think we had impetus anyway as well. I think yeah, uh, Birmingham, we were, Birmingham, yeah. were, I think Birmingham was certainly for this point, or or desperate to hit us on the break. Uh, and uh, at times they look quite dangerous going forward, but that uh, they didn't actually look that convincing in front of goal. No, at all, I didn't think. No. It's an age-old thing you always say about final born. I think that was really letting uh, Birmingham down uh, yesterday. Kieran Parrott tweets in: Charlton were brilliant yesterday. Shame that there were so many missed chances. Could have put the game to bed earlier. And obviously, we've, we've talked about those missed chances, but now now that we know we have won the game. Is it, are we better off winning 4-1 or 3-1 or are we better off with the little lift, that you, I, with I the massive lift that you it, get from a last minute? I don't winner? think it matters, to be honest. I think if you score four, brilliant. If you win 1-0, whatever, it's still three points. And I think that lift from just winning is in more than enough. And I think you... What you don't want to do is put, like you say, we had we had enough chances, and we yeah we could have won it by a lot more. But I'm I'm happy with. I do wonder though, uh, because if you notice after we scored, uh, for some reason the referee managed to find another two minutes. Yeah. From someone. <laughs> I've no idea where oh, that was he from. Was, um, um, he, by the way, wasn't he the longest line painter? In the world, <laughs> yeah, it looked like he was trying to re- relay the lines on the M1 yeah, at one point. Must be making up for something. <laughs> um, so I, I just thought after we did get that goal, we we did retreat back a bit. I just get the feeling that if we had got a second earlier, we'd have been um, packing that defence out because of the position we're in. We've done it. We've done it against Birmingham before, haven't we? Remember a few seasons yeah. ago, we uh, Jan oh, yeah. first one 0 up in the and we and we done it away as well. Actually, Bright- in that well, same season. To, yeah. I know we went down to ten men against Brighton, but you know if if uh, if we'd have scored with half an hour to go, either. would we have been uh, really sure we could have hung on? I'm not. I don't know. No, because uh, it's longer too. Yeah. yeah. The celebrations from behind the goal when that that winner went in. Well, really good to see. It really was. I mean, there was a Birmingham fan who tweeted it. It was like it was like we'd won the, the World Cup or something. We, we really did celebrate. And uh, again, uh, we all remember our favourite statement of one of the, of, of the recent weeks to suggest that Charlton fans want the the team to fail, or some of them do. I didn't see a single Charlton fan in that stadium, uh, not not out of their seat just, and not just, going absolutely just crazy. Nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's a nonsense. Um, and I think, yeah, even though, like you say, a lot of people have resigned themselves to the fact that we, we're possibly going down, that. Just like you say, that celebration, it was just like, almost like the, the hope was rekindled just in that, that moment. That Trouble is, that's for, the bit that gets you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know, and we have <laughs> talked about that before, mm. but you you did come away from that as saying, actually, we've beat Middlesbrough, we've beat, beat them. What I, I, I strongly believe we'll get something against Ipswich. 
I'd be nice to go to auction to get something because uh, I haven't. I've not had a great experience going to that ground and getting anything. Mm. Usually, I mean, a drawer I think is the best of it. I've seen us. Yeah. I've seen us win there a couple of seasons ago. Um, the, just just while we were waiting for that, it took forever for that corner to actually come over because we made a sub and then there was a bit of pushing and shoving at the far post that the referee mm. wanted to talk about. While um while we were waiting for that for that to happen because we were the game that was taking the longest out of everyone because because of the delay at the start. My phone was buzzing with results from uh, from the New York Stadium and from Craven Cottage. So. That sort of took the... As those results came in, I was like, for God's sake, and we need to score here to have any chance. Um, and, and we did, but th- those results, did, did they temper your joy a bit? No, because if you look at the result, if you look at the, the, the fixtures um, of yesterday, you know, uh, Fulham at home to MK Dons, all right, a draw would have been lovely, but you've got to expect that uh, you know they're going to pick up points there. It's the rest of the games that, um, that we need to look at, I think. If you looked at um, uh, the Rotherham game, they're playing a lead side that are also fragmented. Um, so, and they've they've also got the Warnock factor involved. So, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. We've just got to concentrate on trying to pick up points ourselves. But you can't expect them to to go on a, uh, both of those teams to go on a, on a serious run. So um, maybe th- they've had their their good little runs, and now we're going to have ours. I think um, uh, once if once you you know examine the fixtures, um, it'll be interesting to see. And I'm I'm going to check it in a second. Who they because you know, MK got. Dons it's a relegation struggle and. Uh, both teams can't win, so one of those teams... If a point would have been the greatest result, of course, mm. but you know, you've know you got to expect normally one of those teams to win. So the fact that one did and one didn't, not a great deal we can do about it. I think with uh, coming up next week, um, it would be interesting to see who exactly our, uh, our rivals have got. And uh, you've got Rotherham away to Bristol uh, on Tuesday, which Fulham away to Preston... Preston shouldn't have it. Preston near the top. They won yesterday. Um, so I don't know. Preston yeah. on the outside yeah. chance of uh, the playoffs. I don't know. MK Dons are at home to Wolves. So these are the uh, now. Look, uh, you know, you've got to look at the games, and then next Saturday, you've got um, Rotherham away to MK Dons again. So you've got another um, two teams that uh, can't win. Both of them can't win. So it, you know, it's not a question of just one one weekend, is it? It's, it's going to be a, a combination of three or four over the next three or four weekends. Yeah. Uh, and then looking elsewhere, who else we got to worry about? Um, I think Bristol might already be safe, actually. Uh, but they're at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so uh, they're the three. And Fulham, uh, where are Fulham? Oh, they're at home to Cardiff. They, they lost yesterday, though, Bristol City, didn't they? They got tanked yesterday, but they, yeah. they've been on a decent run recently. So I think yeah, they, but they might still be got, out. How many have we got left? Seven, six? Seven games left. Seven games left. So if they lost all seven of them games... Well, Fulham have got to play Brighton in a Anyone? couple of Fridays' time. Uh, when the, the weekend we played Derby at home. Um, and then you've got MK Dons away to Preston and Rotherham at home to Nottingham. So, um, as I say, it's mm. it's more a case of what's going on over the next three or four weeks rather than what happened this weekend. I, I mean, I, and if we'd I'm, have lost, by the way, how far away we'd we'd be yeah. now? Just uh, we'd be so adrift. You'd, you'd just, yeah. you'd, you'd, I, yeah. I tend to use the old football cliche, and I think just worry about what we're doing and not think we can't do anything about anyone yeah, else. That, that, ourselves. That's, that's what Jose. I don't know what Jose said on, on your interview. Tell when I when I when I spoke to him in, in the tunnel, he sort of said um, he, he said um, you've only got to concentrate on yourself. But he did say. Something along the lines of, I can't believe Rotherham are doing this. If someone had told me Rotherham were doing this um, a few weeks ago, I would have said they were mad. Um, when we were, the, the first season after we got relegated from the Premier League, um, there was a, a saying, we're, we're still fifth, we're still fifth. Um, which was the saying that gave us hope that we could at least finish in the playoffs, end up finish 11th. The, the saying now is, this is only a six-point gap, because it's been a six-point gap, it seems, for almost forever. I mean, obviously it's fluctuated slightly to seven and to five at times, but this six-point gap just won't go away. Uh, no, you're right. 
uh, and now realistically it's uh, seven because of the um, of the goal difference perhaps. But uh, so you can't uh, but, six but points it, won't do it. If we were to catch up with Fulham, then the goal we would have gained at least one, at least two goals on them every time we gained a few points because they'd have to lose and we'd have to but, win. So. But it's twenty eight. We're going to have to win big. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't check the table. <laughs> um, look, realistically, you've got MK Dons on 37. They're right above us. Um, they're catchable on Tuesday, technically. Uh, you've got Fulham on 41, Rotherham on 42, and Bristol on 43. You can't look beyond those three, I think. Um, I still think Bristol probably got too much. Uh, because they've got that, uh, you know, when they played us, they've got that sort of um, fighting spirit that uh, that get, will get them points. Whereas, uh, I'm not sure MK Dons have got it. Fulham... Uh, how they're down there, I just don't know. But um, you wonder if they've got the uh, aptitude for a fight when it really comes down to it. So um, I think it's um, I think I think it's Rotherham. Absolutely, we've got to catch. Uh, but if we can, um, if MK Nons and Fulham are the ones, then so be it. Well, well I'll catch anyone. Uh, right, <laughs> Chrissy says at least the ref drew a curvy line and not straight, so it's geometrically yeah, correct. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why I had to make it so long. So. Do you think? Yeah, because yeah. he got his uh, he got his set square and his yeah. uh, and his, his protractor out. Peter Pierce, forever the optimist, says that Mick McCarthy always susses us out, which, in fairness, is is mainly true. Uh, Lewis Katz says, hi guys, just needs to be said how fantastic Jordan Cousins was yesterday. A real mature captain's performance. Uh, Mike, Mike Tyson says, if Fulham, MK and Rotherham only pick up one point each, uh, each and we win every game, we will be more than safe. But that's, uh, well... Uh, it looks good on paper. But I'll have we'll a point of that. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Right, uh, after the game, a, a delighted Jose Riga came into the Channel Live studio uh, to talk uh, Terry through how he uh, masterminded uh, that 2-1 win against Birmingham. Joined by uh, Jose Riga after uh, a breathless encounter here at the Valley against Birmingham. Uh, a, a huge victory, potentially, uh, but uh, certainly the manner at which it came. Um, uh, the, uh, the reaction of uh, the crowd and the bench, uh, I think... Uh, showed everybody just how important that win was. Yeah, absolutely. But we know, we know, and we knew before the, situ- the before the game that in our situation uh, we we need points more than ever. We need wins, so we were looking for. And of course, the the first half was wasn't easy, but we 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 did what we have to do in the second half. We create opportunities. We can score. Um, before uh, we 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 score at the end on set pieces, we have some very good possibilities, opportunities. Um, so, yeah, it's good to have this this finish. I mean, and we deserve. We deserve because we, we wanted, we were the team who wanted the most the win and, and we can get this win so much important. We started brightly in the game uh, and then Birmingham took the lead pretty much against the run of play. I mean, they did look a little dangerous going forward, but um, the goals sort of came out of nothing. Um, did you fear the worst when, when that happened? Or, uh, and, and getting the equaliser so quickly, how important was that? No, the reaction, we, we already showed in the past that we, we can have this kind of reaction. Of course, as manager, you prefer to keep a clean, clean sheet. Of course, it's more easy. But anyway, that's what I said before the game. Um, we... We we have just to stay in the same idea. Even even it can happen. Everything on a pitch, you no. Know? Uh, uh, sometimes you can see it. Sometimes you take the lead. But in our um, circumstances, it doesn't matter what happened. We have to do our job. So just after the goal, react as we have to react, of course. And then after that, in second half, of course, it was again more open because we were looking for a win. But in terms of opportunity, I repeat, we we had the most and, and we did the job. So the reaction is great, and what we were looking for, we show it on the pitch that uh, 
the, the, we were looking just for the win, and, and yeah, it's, it's a very good final. I mean, in, in, in the end, and again, it's also the reason why we put so many strikers, and, and because in our position, a draw is not enough, of course, and. and Okay, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy because it means that in five games we we just took ten points, which of course, which are very good results for us. Uh, not enough at this moment, so we have keep keeping going. I mean, and 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 look for the same, look for the same. What I'm happy also is, of course, because now I have more possibilities. Um, it's it's maybe later in the season. I would prefer to have this kind of possibilities. Um, Earlier, but anyway, we have now so, and it's very important also because we have to play three games in a week. So yeah, uh, let's say that today the positive things are really present, but tomorrow we'll be focused on the next game because we know that we have to do great things if we want to to survive. Sure, of course. And uh, <coughs> if I may, if, if you'll allow me, a, a tactical question, if, if I may. Um, the, the trouble that we did have in that first half seemed to emanate down our left-hand side. Um, was the bringing on of Adamola uh, as much to do about um, uh, changing it around on that left-hand side as, mu- as well as trying to go ahead and win the game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My intention was, was you know, sometimes you oblige the opponent to, to, to defend just because you put uh, uh, some people that you have to have on... on Attention, I mean, and Adi Mola can make the difference, and uh, that's what he did. I mean, and after that, I put him behind the striker to have even more freedom, uh, playing sometimes not longer because we score, and I'm happy with this, but with three defenders, I was looking to to, to, to affect the game and not waiting too long. Um, so, no, he did very well, and, and because we knew that Birmingham plays... Ten, 10 men behind the ball very compact they wait they, they are staying very deep so it's never never evident to play Birmingham uh, when you see the, the, all the results of Birmingham it's very close anytime so I wanted to add some creativity with Callum with Sigor and also with Adi Mola with Johan and yes it, it was working well and even the last substitution with with Simon coming to the pitch um, allowed us to have some freedom on set pieces because one player um, more, let's say, that you have to take care about. So, yeah, happy that that the things were going in a way we we are looking all. Con- contributed to the chaos uh, at the back, certainly for for the corner and a, and a lovely deep corner from Adam Ola, which uh, which picked out uh, either George or, or the skipper. They were both uh, hovering around. Uh, has Johnny said anything to George? Because uh, was he looking for the glory moment himself? No, I, I know George. No, he is just focused on the fact that he wants to do his job as properly as possible. And and after that, I know him because um, even when he was in Zurich, FC Zurich in European League, he scores some goals, and he has this good feeling about about which position. But again, you know, uh, a goal is never the, the result of only one man. Uh, certainly not on set pieces. It's just because we want to do the things properly, there is. And there are some strategies behind, and be able to to be focused on some organization 
later in the game showed that they were still concentrated and still looking for the same. The way our season's been panning out this uh, this season, the um, the chances that that we had, especially in the second half, uh, um, notably uh, Alu's header over the bar and a few other near misses and a few strikes that uh, that went wayward. Did you start to think this isn't happening? Um, you know, was looking at the way our season's gone. What what, what I know is. Um, uh, nothing will help us. We have to do the things alone, let's say, because when we get a good result, most of the time the other team <laughs> are doing also the, the same result. So we, we just have to have the most confident in what we are doing and just be focused on ourselves. In this moment, it's clear that, um, yeah, nothing can help, but uh, I... As I did from day one, I'm still believing that we can do it and I'm still trusting my squad and also the people of Charlton, I mean. So I'm happy today and I will be happy at the end of the season, more, more happy if we can do it. We've still got a six-point gap, but do you think that uh, that feeling that we got from, from this type of win, uh, where we win at the death, but the performance, players coming back from injury, do you think this could be the, the real fillip for, for the last seven games now that we've got? Of course, of course, of course, it, it, it can help. But again, uh, the worst thing in all this is even with this kind of results in five games, because they have very good results, um, we don't have our future in our hands. Uh, but I'm sure of one thing, if, for example, today we didn't do the, the, the result that we did, of course, it will be even more difficult. So, step by step, just do our job properly, with conviction, with commitment, with, with qualities, with, with everything. Because you have to put everything in our game to win games. Even we have to play two, two, two games away. Why not? Why not? Well, congratulations on tonight. Thank uh, you. And good luck with Tuesday and next Saturday. Thank you. What do you think about his shot? No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area. And there's number four. Adam Ola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. If you're listening live from the Valley on this Sunday evening, I understand there's a bit of a storm brewing outside here. Uh, everyone's tweeting that there's... Should uh, be used to that down the Valley yeah, now, should we? Yeah, thunder and lightning going on. So stay inside and listen to Chelton Live to keep safe. That's uh, that's what I always say. On tonight's show, we want to know what you guys uh, made of yesterday's victory over Birmingham City. We also want to know uh, what you guys made of the protest, of course. The stress ball protest was uh, really quite funny. Uh, and uh, Dave Berry, Capital FM DJ Dave Berry, bet at the start of the season that Charlton will finish in the top six. Uh, uh, he's, he's clearly wrong. Uh, mathematically, he's also wrong, unless the, uh, the doping scandal is uh, every other club apart from us. Um, uh, so we want to know, what's the worst prediction you guys have ever made uh, when it comes to Charlton, or, or maybe just football in general? A couple of tweets come in. Victor O'Connor says that Alu Diara was his man of the match yesterday. And Lewis Wheeler, uh, a good point in this, and, and gutting really to say it out loud but he says just shows how important the Bristol City and MK Dons games at the Valley were considering how we've done recently you know if, if, we'd, if we'd won those games or, or taken points in those games we'd be near enough level now on points with Fulham True but uh, I'll be interested I'd, I'd have to check back but I bet we didn't have the same side out 
No, exactly. I mean, it shows that you know, we, we have suffered from injuries throughout this whole season, but you know, there's, there's, there's reasons behind that, I'm certain, in terms of players not used to playing this level of football, not used to playing this level of physicality, and not having a squad big enough to deal with a level of injuries that, that we've had, all of these issues that, that, that you can point at, uh, which, is, which is why we find ourselves down there. Garmy head chef uh, Mark says he, he really enjoyed um, uh, Fanny yesterday, but he doesn't like to boast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, uh, you mentioned about DR being man of the match. I'm not going to argue with that at all, by the way. But uh, I think he would have run uh, quite close with Rod Fanny. I thought we had uh, probably his best game in the championship. Mm. Uh, uh, right, we've got uh, plenty of emails. We have. To studio at uh, Chris Davin, uh, I'll mention first. We'll try and pick out the, um, the, the football-related, the match-related guns uh, first. Uh, Chris Davin, oh well, just left the pub after a rare enjoyable day down the valley. Still got to diss Mr. Riga, though. Start Lookman. First half, uh, even and poor quality. Second half, we were on fire. Igor and Lookman were the quality, well, quality, the dream team, the catalyst for our victory. With the results going against us, we are no better off, and the expected defeats of Switch and QPR uh, to come. Reckon we could be down in the not-too-distant future, but today was okay. The stress balls worked, and uh, like the we want rolling out of full-time just to show that a win means nothing in the long run. On the pitch, special mentions to Lookman, Igor, Diara, and Cousins. On the downside, Sukyong, very poor. He's a left-back on, uh, or, or not in the team, as simple as that. Um, that's from Chris Davin. Cheers, Chris. Uh, Martin's Kipper. Uh, as is in. Hi, Louis. So specifically to this one, mate. Uh, thank goodness Josie Rick found the gingerbread <laughs> and uh, and gave each of the players some before yesterday's match. Uh, now to be serious, I was proud to be a Charlton fan yesterday. Fans are supporting the team, but not the regime. <coughs> I'm starting to think the protests actually motivate the team to put in a performance. The team can be proud of their deserved comeback victory yesterday. I feel we're en route to getting the real Igor back if he can stay fit and avoid a further injury. Lookman is class and must start Tuesday, but will he? Pope is showing improvement game after game. And what about Teixeira? Another great-headed goal and the passionate celebration for him was brilliant to see. Amazing as well how many fans, customers, uh, celebrated so widely, even wildly, even though they want the club to fail. Anyway, there is further ray of light at the end of the tunnel. Is it too late? Probably. Other results don't seem to go our way. Regardless, I'm looking forward to Tuesday night. I'll be happy to see the team continue to fight the way they want to do most games. They uh, may just get the ultimate reward, survival and rolling out, and some extra gingerbread. Uh, Catherine can stay and, uh, and become our new customer service champion. All the best, Lou. I hope you're well, and uh, enjoy the winning feeling, and that's Martin Skipper. Yeah, Louis plays yeah, well, I can see, see you look bemused about it. I don't think you, you obviously didn't listen to the, the Sunday show after the Sheffield Wednesday game, where we were discussing the statement in which... Roland had blamed the fans for failing. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I got and we, that. We, we, we were trying to come up with why, why, oh, why we're actually yes. failing. And uh, Martin believed it's because apparently there's some sort of famous Yorkshire gingerbread that the players were hoping to get and didn't get, and therefore we lost. Oh. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, yeah, we were a bit bemused by that one. But you know, <laughs> it, it, it's not as bemusing as blaming the fans. So there you yeah. go. Uh, Daniel Farmer says, we showed a lot of st- mental strength for once to come back from 1-0 down to win the game. I thought the players deserve a lot of credit. And finally, Riga changed the game by finally making us up at half-time. And Luk- Lookman coming on gave us more attacking threat. Eagle was great. Why can't he stay fit? Needed him so much this season. Anyway, great performance. Let's hope we can pick up the points Tuesday, but it's which need a win as well. So going to be a big ask. Protest spot on again. Card deserves a lot of free beer when running themselves. Uh, uh, great show, cheers. Uh, rolling out, great show. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, so you saw the Leicester owner today buying a free beer and a donut, for, which is not, it's a weird combination of starters, but I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily have one or the other, but I can't see Roland buying any of us a beer. No. Um, Mark Wilson, actually, uh, with the Leicester, um, uh, keeping the Leicester thread going. Um, Just rem- reminding that some people might not have watched. No, okay. Uh, on the 3rd of April, he goes on to say, Mark, this is Mark Wilson, thank you, mate. 3rd of April 2015, Leicester City was seven points from safety and staring at relegation. Today, they're clear at the top. 
3rd of April 2016, Charlton are only six points from safety. Get your money on Charlton winning the championship next season. Uh, I'll have a point of that as well. Yeah, 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 that's not going to happen. Um, why is it, uh, Bob Lipscomb emails us in, uh, why is it that whilst waiting for you to broadcast, I get to hear Mr. Peter Finch on the local station playing smooth tunes? Well, uh, actually Finchy on it. Um, that's <gasps> your fault. It's him that's, that's, um... He's a pirate. ...corrupted our line. <laughs> well, better, yeah, because I've noticed this, that if you go on our website during the week, there's another radio station playing out, and I don't, I don't know if we... Are we being broadcast and someone's, as, like, someone's stolen us and we're being broadcast on our local radio station? That's far too technical for me, yeah. I have no idea. All uh, the way out to the shores of Kent. Um... No, I'll just I'll put Schwaite in my Oh, no, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, you go go on, you carry on. I'll do this one in. Wake <laughs> off, Philippe Schwaite. <laughs> uh, right, Zach Dogliani, as uh, emails. Thanks, Zach. Uh, hi, guys. Another game, another good protest, and another good result. I've been one of the many critics of Riga's baffling substitutions and team selections since his return, but credit to him yesterday for realising that only a win would do and bringing Lookman on at half-time rather than waiting until the last ten minutes, as usual. Had Harriet Lookman and Vettikali ever been on the pitch at the same time before yesterday? We look so much more dangerous to them all in the team with the pace they provide and the incentive to keep the ball on the floor. I don't know how Sukyun continues to start each week, and I hope Riga playing an attacking lineup like that one, dominated Birmingham after half-time, is a sign of things to come, given that we need at least five wins to stay up. Zach. I think that's a bit harsh on Sukyun, to be honest. I thought yesterday, yeah. I thought he didn't have a good game. But I thought I, the I games I've seen him play, I thought he's looked all Brentford right. Brentford specific, uh, specifically, I thought he had a great game. But, um, um, yeah, yeah, I'll <coughs> give you that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email from Will Ralph. Uh, hi all, what a feeling it is to get a last minute winner. These are the moments that make it all worth it. The reason we go in week out, week out. That that make it all worth it. Sitting through endless losses and dreadful performances in the hope that we'll have a day like yesterday. The ecstasy of the moment, hugging a guy you've never met before because he just happened to be there. Celebrating like you've just won the league and that is why we go to football. Cheers, Will. You know what, Will, that was, that's, it does, like, you do do that, don't you? You just start hugging random people and <laughs> yeah. screaming in their face like I did yesterday and then nearly stacked it uh, over the seat in front of me. It's funny, that there, is, there is still that, when, when that last minute was, <coughs> you know, as, as we said, that there's still that, that desire just to, to celebrate as hard as, and, and no matter, it, it, it's another important sign for this, perhaps the rebuilding of this club once all these issues are over. The fact that there is still so much passion amongst Charlton supporters and there is this, this will to win and you know, even if, if a lot of people feel like it doesn't come from the, from the top of the club, the will to win and the, the will to be a competitive club, the, the, the fans are still there and, and no matter how much we're getting worn down by, by what's going on, the, 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 there still is that passion and that, that will never go away. Hmm. Um, interesting one. What do you think about this one? From Steve Charnock. I thought yesterday's win was bloody pointless. Well, not literally, <laughs> obviously, but you know what I mean. Mm. Well, I know what I think he, he needs a stress ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly. No, what of course, means. you know what he means. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the fact that we are. There is still this six-point gap, and as I said at the very top of the show, you know, why can't Fulham and Rotherham just stop it? It's a glass half, a glass half empty. Yeah. But if we only had another couple of games left, I'd say yeah, fair enough. But we haven't. We've got seven games left. We've got. We've still got a fight, and it, it, just give it. Yeah. I'd, I don't get that. Go on. I oh, know I get the point, but I don't. Uh, I don't get, get the, the point, sentiment. I think, I think yeah. that's, that's probably fair. It's just the, the way that the other team. I mean, Rotherham have been a, a revelation un, under Neil Warnock, haven't they? And you just can't see them slipping up. For me, it's going to have to be Fulham and MK Dons. I haven't seen the highlights in the game. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, I don't really know who was on top, but the fact that Fulham got, got the three I points might just give them that little bit of a lift. From what I saw, it was a bit of a nothing game. It probably should have been a draw. But, that um, doesn't that doesn't make me feel better. No. Uh, Steve Catley's emailed us in. Thanks, Steve. Uh, hi, all. Great show as ever, although I usually wait for the podcast. It just raises the excitement level a bit more. Like in the back three, four, five, whatever it is, although Suk Young needs to contribute a little bit more. Fanny, however, is looking better every time I see him uh, play. A fitter Fanny is a finer Fanny, if you will. <laughs> That's got to be a slogan somewhere. Um, no visits uh, at the front of the East End from our upstairs neighbour who, uh, who came to break the whistlers at the Borough game this time. Maybe the sight, maybe the sight of flying balls kept him in his seat this time. Anyway, uh, still a slim chance, but we need something at Ipswich. Despite driving, uh, living less than 25 minutes away, I shan't be going because £35 on the gate is a bloody outrage. It is. Uh, keep out the good work. Yeah. We want to chant back. I absolutely 100% agree. £35 yeah. quid is a rip I mean, £32.50 But ahead. I seem to remember Ipswich has always been like that. Yeah, it's always, it's always been like that. But yeah. if you look at, I mean, I was having this discussion with Amy yesterday because she lives in Norwich, but if you look at, the, 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 there's two clubs in Ipswich and Norwich who are miles apart from each other, despite claiming to be rivals. They're absolutely miles away from each other. There's no teams anywhere near them. Norwich have always got massive crowds because their tickets they're are cheaper. all right. They're not ridiculous. Ipswich charge a ridiculous amount of money. And, no one and for, and for where and you have to sit as well. Ground. Yeah. Where they put you in the seating position is horrible and as well. A, yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, for a while. It, it's ridiculous to think that you know that next season Premier League tickets are going to be £30 for every single away fan maximum. Uh, and you're going to be paying more than that if you're a Rotherham fan going to watch your team play at Ipswich. Ridiculous. Terrible. Yeah. Right, have we got any more emails? Tell us, shall we? Shall we? Uh, loads, oh, still, in fact. Um, uh, shall I do, you, you do, do Mark, you do Nicola. Uh, Mark Newbury, evening, folks. As one of the first people entering yesterday, I was probably one of the first people to be fronted by a steward, asking me if I had any cans or bottles on me. Uh, actually, Mark looks like he would. <laughs> anyway, after, <laughs> after sticking his hand in my pocket, ooh, did you ask him nicely? Uh, and pulling out the stress balls, he told me the club have, have told us to take these and deposit it into a bag, which, if they had just said we are searching for stress balls, as opposed to the bottle question, fair enough. I stood and watched the next fans being subjected to the same line, but they totally ignored people with both cans and bottles uh, and let them in holding both pure nuts uh, really enjoyed the game and result in the second half we were terrific only slight criticism being when Igor and Kuzak clashed accidentally Morrow was straight over to give Igor a hard time but not one red shirt went to his defence I'm not looking for a 20 man brawl but letting an, op- uh, an opposition player give him stick for 50-50 challenges not right side note I had George Chukadina as top scorer for last season <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good bet Mark yeah. I've got, right. a couple, I got Bob's bet as well we'll come yeah. to that later um, got an uh, email from Nicholas Elbow Hi guys, went to the valley, it was nice to get a last minute win. I think we should up the demonstrations because it seems like the only way we win games. <laughs> I say more balloons, more balls on the pitch, and maybe we might survive the relegation battle. Based on the demonstrations and the way we are playing at home, it doesn't seem to be affecting the players, so I think the club should lay on free coach travel, free away tickets, buy the balloons, buy the beach balls and buy the stress balls and give them to the fans to throw onto the Portman <laughs> Mo pitch. As that will be the only way we get an away win. And if they've got any money left, 
strap a sofa onto the top of the coach and put that in the corner of the portmanteau pitch too. Nicola from Ainsford. They are actually putting on free coach travel for the away yeah, games. They are, yeah. They seem to be, yeah. Right, we're gonna, I think we're going to have a quick break here just to break up the emails. Alu Diara came in to speak to the press uh, yesterday. This is what he had to say after his uh, fine performance in yesterday's win. Alu, cracking win. Uh, the dressing room must be buzzing in there after that. Yeah, really. It was a tough game this afternoon and uh, as a team uh, show character and... Uh, good uh, spirit to come back in this game. It was difficult, but uh, we did a great performance today, and uh, yeah, we're happy, but uh, it's not enough. We have to keep going and to prepare the, the next game on Saturday, uh, Tuesday. Looking at the, the way the game panned out, especially in the first half, uh, the scoring when perhaps we were on top, do you think getting that equaliser so quickly helped the team to settle down a bit more? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, uh, um, I think it was a mistake from us to concede this first goal where it controlled the game but uh, and after this goal we, we show character and uh, spirit to, 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 to come back in this game and uh, it's a positive, uh, positive game A few near misses uh, especially in the second half uh, from all the side yourself with the header uh, towards the end did you think the second goal wasn't going to come? Yeah, yeah, it was unlucky. Uh, we have too many many chances to, to, to score, but uh, we wait the last we wait the last minute to, to score, and uh, we are very happy. Uh, it was difficult, but uh, we push, and uh, now I can congratulate uh, the, the team because uh, we show a good character and a good face uh, today. Can I ask you about yeah, your partnership with uh, Jordan Cousins in the midfield? Uh, both of you seem to play uh, a level above when you play together compared to when you when you when you play separately. Uh, you seem to bring the best out of uh, uh, Jordan specifically. Yeah, but it's easy to play with uh, Jordan because uh, he's very brave, uh, he runs a lot and uh, he works hard for the team. He's, uh, I think he's a uh, uh, good talent and uh, from Charlton and uh, he will be a top, top player, I hope, for him because he, he works hard every time and uh, he, yeah. And how's your own fitness? Uh, you obviously came back from injury a couple of weeks back. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, <laughs> I'm still feeling pain, but uh, I have to push on. You know, um, I have uh, a crack in my uh, my right foot, and it's not easy. But uh, I think um, I have to give everything until the end of the season, and I will, uh, will make my treatment for, for my right foot. It's not easy, but uh, I'm feeling better. Yeah, I need I need I need time, but uh, yeah. Thank you. Now, Luke, um, obviously, you become a very important part of the side since you come back from injury. What would it mean for you personally, clubs, to play in a huge match before the ball? What would it mean for you personally to stay with Charlton? Well, I was, uh, I was frustrated to, 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 to miss this game because it was important for, 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 for us, and uh, yeah, I tried to come back quickly, and uh, now I'm in the team, and uh, I will give everything, uh, and uh, you know, we have still a chance. To, to stay in championship and uh, we have to show character like today and uh, play seven final and uh, it won't be easy but uh, if we show the same uh, same spirit same character uh, we can uh, we can do it I think. And how many points do you think Chop need to stay? I don't know. We just need to 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 to, to win the game. Yeah, we have, we have to be focused on on this and. Uh, 
And at the start of the game, obviously, there was the balls that were thrown on the pitch when the play was stopped at the start. They didn't really seem to affect the players that much. <laughs> Are you getting used to it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, in, but, a way, in a way, are you getting used to the fact that you think, well, fine, and you're able to... Two weeks two weeks ago, we, we got the same situation, but um, I think um, uh, everybody stay uh, professional and uh, show character and uh, stay focused on the, in the, in the game. And, uh, yeah, fans can uh, show they're disappointed about the situation, but we stay professional and, uh, and uh, keep going. Yeah. And you don't think it had a negative effect? No, I don't think so, because uh, we won uh, against Middlesbrough, <laughs> we won today, uh, you know, we, we only focus in the game, you know, you know around this, is around, you know, we are on the pitch, we have to give, uh, we have to show the character and the better face. Do you wish in many ways that the season could just be starting? I mean, Charles seemed to have found their form there, and they seemed to, you know, in the last month, Seems to be right from the last month. If you could have started the season from there, it's just that you're playing catch up. But uh, you know, it's very tight. Uh, I hope it won't be late. Uh, okay, so for one month we play, we take points, but we have to continue and uh, to be focused game after game. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not easy, but um, I think. Uh, we have to, to keep going and to to, to 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 take game after game and uh, you know. can the manner of this win can that help either going into because you've got a game so quickly after the fact that you won late on the fact that you came from behind to win does that give you extra not motivation but impetus going into into Tuesday? Yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> it's another game. It's uh, <laughs> you know uh, another opponent and. Uh, we have to recovery. You're coming more buzzing because of the win like that. And you know, tomorrow or Monday, you come in more. Sort of, wow, you know, what a great win that was, and, and the atmosphere gets lifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we have to, <laughs> we have to, to, to be, to be focused on the next result. You know, now we we did a great performance today. And uh, we have to to continue. Yeah. Tuesday will be another day, another opponent, play away, and uh, we have to be solid. And uh, yeah, I think uh, the reaction from the team was uh, was very good today. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Charles have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson that rolled it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance, and Charles two one up. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on this Sunday evening live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio, Terry Smith and Sue Gallup as we look back at yesterday's, uh, well, we've looked back now really at yesterday's 2-1 win over Birmingham City. 
Uh, just got a great tweet in from Paul Griffiths. He says he was driving through France yesterday uh, during the game, and he's, he looks like he's on the ferry home now. But he says while he was driving through France at 4:50 p.m. yesterday, he overtook a vehicle that was called Teixeira Voyages, and he shouted, "That's an omen!" <laughs> Five <laughs> minutes later, <laughs> get in. <laughs> so quality no stuff way. there. If you could spend the next seven weeks following that car around, that'd be great. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, excellent stuff from Paul Griffiths there. Uh, Seb Lewis says that hopefully Football League clubs or the Football League can take a, le- uh, a leaf out of the Premier League book when it comes to away tickets and put a cap on away tickets in, in the Football League. Uh, London Inic Geezer says MK Don's game was when Lookman never came on until 85 minutes and Harriet easily the best player on the pitch got taken off. That, for him, proved uh, Riga's failings big time. Because um, like I, said, I, I certainly went after him after that game where he made, he made some bizarre substitution decisions. Um, yeah, they were curious. Mm. Uh, right, now, we've been talking off-air about this. Um, during during periods, obviously, we've seen plenty of stuff thrown on the pitch during yesterday's uh, game, uh, mainly the stress balls. During, was it during the second half? Yeah, it was during the second half, uh, from the, the covered end lower came what I thought at the time was a cat, but it was a, a big black-and-white stuffed dog. And brown. <laughs> and, and brown as well. Is that how they smuggled it in? And, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Blimey. And uh, so, yeah, so... Blimey, that would have... T- anyway, leave yeah. it. Yeah. What was... What on earth was all that about? No idea <laughs> at all. How do you... Uh, what? Yes. Why? No, it's, it's a bizarre... I, I, I if think, anyone knows the owner of that dog and mm, why they... The, the only thing is... Threw I, it on the pitch. I saw a thread on, on Charlton Life uh, that suggested that some people... A few people, when they were walking down Floyd Road towards the ground, saw said stuffed animal in like a skip or a bin or something so someone's obviously decided i'm gonna i'm gonna take that and chuck it on the pitch and the relevance to the protest i mean it was black and white you could say yes or yeah okay um uh, the thing that um we also uh, spoke about which is a a trifle bizarre is that um people were uh, being searched and uh, some was already mentioned some cans and bottles were, were, were allowed in yet the stress balls were taken off people well, um, what sort of mentality allows um, the stress balls to be taken, but a five-foot stuffed animal uh, allowed through? And did they think, um, oh, well, that's uh, it's a bit like the, oh, you can't take this away, it's my child's favourite toy, it goes with her everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was a good thing to see on the pitch. Of course, um, uh, we, we saw the, the hundreds of, uh, of stress balls onto the pitch. Um, it's, it's been a very stressful time watching the Addicts recently, and that was uh, another way that the game was disrupted for about, about five minutes. I think four, I think. Uh, yeah, it was four minutes. Pretty much a bang on four, it was. Yeah. But uh, another really, a, visu- a really good visually, because that, that's the, the best thing you get out of a protest is vis- visual. I mean, a big crowd outside the West End looks really good. Hundreds of little balls on the pitch covering it. It, it. Photogenically, it looks so good. There was a great point um, where just about four minutes when it restarted, Moro was desperately trying to um, attract the attention of the referee because there was a steward in the centre of the pitch yeah. in the Birmingham half clearing up two more. And the thing that I didn't get, right, he's got two balls. And he, for some something obviously went through his mind, I know what will be quicker, I'll throw them off. <laughs> yeah, but you're still on the pitch. It made um, no difference. Yeah, twice during during actual gameplay, there was um, ground staff on the pitch. Oh, at one point, one of them got within about thirty yes. yards of the match ball. So, <laughs> oh, what were they thinking? I don't know. But uh, yeah, so any, humorous, if nothing else, it was funny. Yeah, right. So before uh, yesterday's protest, the uh, Chapman Card invited uh, volunteers to go and meet them outside the Royal Oak Pub uh, to to start helping with with handing out stuff. And I. Uh, I uh, tagged along as well so I could get hold of uh, an interview to find out the latest from uh, from the coalition against Roland du Chatelet, uh, what what they were doing, what their aims were, and what they made of the latest couple of statements. So I quite with Alan Davis, he's one of the uh, one of the members of of Card, and he uh, he gave us this exclusive interview. 
So I'm joined outside the Royal Oak by Alan Davis uh, ahead of Card's latest protests. And, well, looks like it's a big one planned again today. Yeah, I think it'll be a hard push to uh, match the borough protest, but we're going to do our best. Yeah. Uh, can you talk us through what, what the plans are for today? Knowing yeah. pretty well I'm not going to put this out till after. So. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be saying anything <laughs> if it was. Um, yeah, it's going to be um, a mixture of the mild and the less mild. Uh, but staying within the law, as always. Yeah. Uh, the mild stuff is that we've got 2,500 badges, and uh, there's something about Charlton fans, they love trains and they love badges, <laughs> and uh, we've got 2,500 of them paid for by a Charlton supporter. Didn't come out of the protest fund at all, a bloke called Neil Rolfe, who wanted to make a statement, and he's done that. We're dishing those out, uh, together with uh, the alternative programme that worked very well earlier in the season, and we're doing the same again to try and uh, take some of the uh, profits out of the club's programme operation. Yeah. Uh, one of the most successful protests we saw at the last game, of course, were the beach balls, and today you've got something similar lined up. Yeah, we have. But, uh, you know, we think that the, the, cl- the crowd are getting a little bit stressed uh, about the situation. Uh, the club seems to be getting very stressed, judging from the statements that are coming out from it. So we're going to try and relieve some of the pressure. And we've got some uh, black and white stress balls uh, that we'll be inviting people to share <laughs> with the playing staff. Um, but uh, they're very soft, very spongy, very small. No risk to anybody, but a bit of a fun statement about how we see the uh, regime. Now, you mentioned the, the, the statements that have come out of the club in the last couple of weeks. The first one uh, from Roland himself, uh, where he, he had a, a crazy swipe at Charlton fans. I mean, did you think that that shows that the press is getting, sort of getting to him? Yeah, I think so. It's hard to tell. You, know, you never know whether or not the foundations are being undermined on a building until it starts to crack. Uh, but it certainly seemed as if Roland's uh, rather mad half hour uh, that prompted the resignation, let's remember, of a new head of communications uh, was, was a sign of the pressure getting to him, especially as it followed just a couple of days on from something that was much more conciliatory in tone that clearly Mel Baroni had been behind. Uh, but then they've compounded that, of course, with the joint statement with the Met Police, which is a gross overreaction to what happened against Borough, as anyone who I think saw it on TV would, would testify. Yeah, the, the card statement that was released after that Met Police and, and club statement said that they, they weren't happy that the, they tried to sort of join protesting with criminal activity that happened at Crystal Palace six months ago. Well, I think that's right. I think, you know, the, the, the vast majority, the, the overwhelming majority of Charlton fans are very good-natured, loyal sort of peaceable kind of people. We haven't got a reputation for anything else. Uh, And what happened at Crystal Palace was totally disassociated, both in time and behaviour, from what we've seen from the card protests. And uh, Trump and I of ourselves, we contacted the Met Police during the week to just to double-check that they weren't actually going after fans who, who threw the beach balls on the pitch. And, and the Met Police confirmed that, uh, that they'll take each case sort of case by case. But yeah. you know, it it's probably helps the Trump fans who might be interested in, in getting involved in that, pro, that protest today. Well, exactly. I think people have to make their own judgment about whether they are crossing the line. Uh, but card are very... Um, Risk-averse is is one way of putting it. I would say we're very thoughtful about the safety implications, the criminality implications, and uh, we're going to stay the right side of that line. And uh, we think that what we're doing today and what we're going to be doing in the future will stay the right side. We've seen the international break means uh, there hasn't actually been a game here at Charlton for for three weeks now, but Card didn't stop protesting. They attended the sponsor's day at the training ground down here at the Valley, and I guess they'll see that as quite a successful protest as well. I think so, yes. I mean, we never expected numbers because by its nature we had to keep it under wraps until the evening before. But we were delighted with the numbers of people who did turn out with the homemade placards and everything else. Uh, But, of course, the, the stars of the show, apart from our fans, were the posters uh, and uh, you know doing the mobile billboards I think was something that we could see replicated in future. 
And uh, with the summer coming up, the, the games will stop. But do you think the process will stop throughout the summer? I think we've got to put our thinking caps on about how we tackle both the summer and next season, given that there's almost certainly going to be a decline in numbers attending and therefore protesting. Um, but we've, we've got time to think about that. We've not been short of ingenuity so far, and I don't think we will be uh, going forward. Yeah, Alan, thanks for joining us here on Channel Live. Pleasure. So we had our exclusive interview with the coalition against Roland Duchatelet, Alan Davis. I uh, caught up with him outside the Royal Oak just before they started sort of handing out their uh, their protest material for yesterday. So um, we've had the, the, the stress balls, which, we, which we've talked about. There's also this uh, this program, which I've got in my hand here, an unofficial program where card uh, keep up their... They, they try and hand out their message. So pop, probably should try and grab the waverers who don't... Who don't think the same or aren't really sure what card are all about well he said um in the interview that it was to disrupt the um the program revenue of uh, uh, the official program i'm not sure to do that if i'm honest i don't i think uh handing out a free one's great but i don't think but i think people who t- uh, collect programs or who mm. get a program will always get a program i don't i really don't see it as uh but as, a, as an individual statement I, I think i've got no problem with it particularly i think um as you say it might um it might affect people who, uh, who waver between whether they should or they shouldn't support uh, the protests but um, I don't necessarily see it being... Um, and it keeps people up to date with what they're doing as well, of course. So um, in that respect, it's great. And it's, it's a good quality p- um, piece of literature, you have to say. It's, it's very well printed and, uh, and presentable. But I have my doubts on whether or not it would affect the uh, programme sales, if I'm honest. I'm, if out, I'm proved wrong, it? fine. And also they were handing out these uh, badges. I'll grab one for myself as well. Uh, we want Charlton back, and it was, uh, he said it was a specific Charlton fan who paid for all the badges yeah, in cool. 2,500, so very generous of him, mm-hmm. uh, and he did mention that Charlton fans like their, their pin badges and their trains. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more of a mug man myself, I collect mugs from every, every you do, club don't I go you? to, yeah, got some nice ones, full of one, came with a free Easter egg. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah, he was very proud of that, didn't share it by the way, <laughs> I, think I'm, I thought I, think I should sh- uh, share that news. <laughs> no. uh, your, um, your cupboards must be hugely full of, uh, of mugs. mugs. Yeah, yeah. Amy's Amy's not too happy about it. <laughs> 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 have to imagine, make yeah. space room, but um, yeah. Uh, in in the program as well, of course, the the statement that, that came from Ronan Du Chatelet, um, the the crazy statement. This this was talked about, uh, you know, a few sh- a few shows ago. But since um since our last Sunday show, we did, we did mention this briefly on um on uh, Thursday show. But there, of course, has been the the statement from the Met Police, uh, linking Charlton protesting with uh, episodes of disorder uh, criminal behaviour now I think that's completely outrageous that the Met Police have sought to link uh, protesting with, with criminal behaviour and I think I understand that they they feel like they're under pressure because of all this disruption they've only actually made one arrest throughout the entire protest and apparently they've been under pressure to try and close it down a bit uh, yeah I don't I mean it's, it's, a, it's a tough one This in terms of trying to explain it I think I mean I don't. There's anything in the in the Met statement that isn't um, a fact. You know, they they they're, I suppose, duty bound to say if you do this, 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 and this, uh, you are opening yourself up to prosecution. But it's, I it's, mean, in reality, the likelihood of you uh, ever being uh, uh, having your collar felt for throwing a beach ball around is is slim to none, or a, or a stress ball. Um, but they they can't. They can't go on record as saying as saying that. They can't go on record as a police unit and say, uh, "Oh, don't worry, you can do what you like. Yeah, you throw whatever." You, they can't, can they? So yeah. they're going to say, um, "Oh, do you do realise this is against the law?" Blah blah blah. They, they're going to. They, they've got no choice in the matter. Mm. And I suppose. I mean, I don't know. I'm in no way connected with with anything to do with this. But uh, I suppose once the the attention has been brought to the Metropolitan Police by a um, body of any description. Are they duty bound to, to pursue it? I suppose they must be, mustn't they? 
Well, no, they, 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 it would be proportionate policing. We're, like I say, our contact... Well, in reality, that's true, of course. Mm. But uh, in terms of a statement, uh, and now I don't know how the, as, as um, the guy from Card said... Uh, Trying to uh, combine the thing with uh, that happened at Palace to, mm. uh, to 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 what's happening now is. is well, I think that, that, that was the most offensive part of the statement for me. Is the fact it starts off with, "Look, you guys can protest, but you know, no punching eagles. That's <laughs> nothing to do with anything. That was it should, it should never have appeared on the same on the same." Uh, Having said that, I do suspect if somebody did bring an eagle to one of the protests, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> mainly comes yeah. dressed as a donkey, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen a donkey head. So yeah. that, that there may be swinging arms about if an eagle did find its way into the protests. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, I I can't uh, even begin to try and explain why would, that was there. Just as well, would um, would Greenwich? Because Green, I know Greenwich Council come and do regular sort of observations of the ground and the health and safety side of stuff and things like that. Would they have had anything to do with getting the police involved in that? No, oh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I understand that the police um, were the ones who actually led on this statement. And then they tried to fob it off to Greenwich Borough when it was... Uh, it was Scotland Yard who, who wrote that, which is interesting. Uh, like I said, we did, we did contact them and they did confirm that they aren't going after anyone who did the beach balls. And I, I'm almost certain it'll be the same for the, uh, the, the stress balls yesterday because how can you, um, how can you possibly... The only that? thing... The only, I mean, I don't know. The only thing uh, I'm, I may... Um, that does cross my mind in this, this whole thing is obviously we've got our own CCTV um, operation here. Now, if they single out people and catch them throwing stuff... On the back of that statement, does it then justify the banning orders and, and what have you? You'd have to I don't ban want to. I don't want to fear people. Yeah, I know. I but you don't know. You don't have to. You just have to ban them as and when you catch them. No. I don't know, and I don't want to put the fear of what's the name into anybody. Yeah. But I'm just trying to second guess the reasoning behind now, it. That's one what. man who clearly did have the fear of what's his name uh, uh, and was not willing to throw anything around in a football stadium was sat in the lower east in, in the towards the front of the east stand. I've got. Um, I've I got. I thought you know what when it first started happening, I thought it was an old boy who literally could not get down the stairs and that's why he was doing it and I was like oh bless him look he's coming yeah. it down to, to, yeah, just to describe anyone who didn't see it the front of the east stand yesterday the ball I think after about five or ten minutes the ball went into the east stand uh, someone on Charlton Life has claimed it I think it was legal addict on Charlton Life who claimed it basically because we've been warned by the police and if he's a if he's legal addict I think he's a lawyer he knows he knows you've got, he knows you've got, you've got to tell you the line uh, so when he got the ball instead of throwing it to the ball boy he picked it up in as slowly as possible to, in order not to hurt anyone he uh, strolled towards the front of the uh, of the east stand it was so funny I got an email it through a gap in the I've in got the, an email from Robert Giles uh, on that very point it's the evening all as usual great uh, good show great victory my congratulations to the old fella giving the ball back slowly good on him made me laugh a victory the stress balls the volume of support for the team and the old guy really made it a great day come on you Ed it's had the same Tuesday man, isn't he? that's what it looked like from a distance because I sit in the, the west lower and it looked, literally looked like an old man that couldn't, wasn't very mobile. It was repeated in the cover in, in the second half as well. Somebody came down and physically handed the ball that over. That was that woman, um, yeah, I saw uh, that one. So that, that was repeated in the second. And then just uh, the third time it happened, somebody had started to get the ump now because they really wanted us to try and win the game. And they threw it back absolutely immediately, just gave it a big throw. Said, uh, like going, doing it and giving it all the gung-ho bit because uh, obviously... It was a it, few times though that it was being bounced about in the yeah. lower and, north uh, and then thrown back this guy, on. Uh, whoever it was got the ump said no. Uh, the old keeper was getting a bit of grief. Yeah, Tom Kuzak was uh, getting wound up by that, wasn't he? Uh, Mark also tweeted in saying, How about a massive shout out to the East Stand fan returning the ball as slow as possible? <laughs> nice tweet in from uh, Ray Bates. He says he's doing the up, uh, Upbeats walk, which is. Uh, are you doing it? Yes, I'm doing it. It's on uh, the 16th. I shall, uh, I shall be Myself and Dave are going to do a little um, uh, something before everybody it's sets off. A bit of PA. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, assuming I'm fit enough and, uh, and can actually still breathe, I'll, I'll, try, <laughs> I'll try and get grab some interviews if I can. 
again. Um, but a three and a half hour walk, they reckon. Yeah, but Ray, it might be longer than that because there might be a pub or two on the way. Yeah, Ray's doing that uh, with his uh, his big German Shepherd dog, and he says, "Oh, good." He says, "What do you rate uh, are his chances of sneaking the dog into the ground?" I was going to say, well, if you pretend it's a stuffed toy, it'd be fine. Right. <laughs> oh, can you Ray, imagine? If you, if you imagine up, Thomas Juzak trying to throw that back off the pitch. Oh, it's a live Alsatian. Ray's the, <laughs> is Ray, Ray the guy with Bailey the dog? Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. If you can get Bailey onto the pitch, he may even be more effective. Uh, at penalty taken than than his namesake was in the, the Sweden <laughs> playoff uh, semi final. Um, Mark Fisselson says, "Louis, do you know how many season tickets have been sold uh, today?" No, I don't. Actually. No, actually, no. Do, uh, uh, I'm not sure they'd release that information even if uh, even if they knew it. Well, I'm sure they do know. It, but. Uh, if it's uh, one of the card protests is to not go not go after season ticket sales, I'm almost certainly they won't release that information uh, yet. Uh, hop back on the emails? Uh, yeah, I just just want to mention one which uh, is, is fairly generic, but because you mentioned the Met Police, there's uh, Martin Eisted has emailed us in about um, uh, Louis and the team. He says, uh, I wish the Met Police would take more time to look at these sort of issues rather than uh, rather than anything else, I'm guessing, uh, because I'm sure it's the law. Uh, and it's basically um, a letter, he's, an email he sent regarding uh, people smoking in the in the toilets, uh, in the uh, covered in, the upper covered in. Yeah. So um, he's got a, um, an email back saying it's not in our, uh, it's not in our remit, basically. Um, so... Um, I don't know quite who we. I mean, I should imagine this. Uh, who's, the, who's the statement? Is it Mick Everett? Mick Everett's probably the best person to uh, refer that to. Oh yeah, I'm sure if he, he's probably the best person to forward that to. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, um, we got Freddie Saunders who um, who emailed us in between uh, your Thursday podcast and today. Um, so um, it, this may sound a little dated, but uh, you know we've got to read it out because Freddie sent it in. Hi guys, glad to see you back in after the dreary and dull international break. Amazing how you miss the Championship and Premier League football when you cannot spend hours of your Saturday and Sunday admiring, crying, and envying other teams. Uh, I'm currently back in London for a week from Easter from a university. I was quite excited that I could actually be in London at a time when I could go and watch Charlton at home, and I've never found it so difficult to decide whether or not I should attend a game of my favourite football club. I want to go because the Valley is my second home. I remember being eight, watching us 2-0 down to Bolton in the Premier League and coming back in a second after draw 2-2. I remember bursting into tears and feeling like the Valley was erupting and, and I felt so proud of the Valley of the badge of the CFC Army. Now it's all gone. I don't feel proud anymore to support Charlton in its current state, but I will never leave it because that's what being a Charlton fan is about. Loyalty, commitment and love for the addicts no matter the troubles. But I came to the decision that I'm not buying a ticket and attending the game on Saturday despite being 30 minutes from the stadium because I don't want to provide any reason for Roland Ophelia's getting support from me in any way. I try my best to fight the club from Cardiff, <coughs> fight for the club from Cardiff, where my university is located, though social, through social media and emailing sponsors and supporting Card as best I can. I really hope in the, in, that in the summer, Roland de Chachelet s- uh, sells up. I want an owner which has long-term ambitions for us to return to the Premier League and finish seventh again like we did in the mid-2000s in one season. I still find myself watching old YouTube videos of Charlton beating Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal and all the other giants of the Premier League. Today, it's really a sad, sad situation. Anyway, sorry for the rant. I'm glad you're back and I seriously appreciate the show twice a week. Here's to the season in League One again. Take care. Uh, and that's from Freddie. Cheers, yeah, Freddie. Thanks, thanks for your email, Freddie. And, uh, yes, it is a... A decision that a lot of Charlton fans who perhaps aren't season ticket holders have to wrestle with whether they actually want to come and watch. I, mean, I know there's there's a few fans who come on the match day only to protest outside the ground. Um, that there's people who just don't want to put money into the um, in, into the club, and mm. and, and, that, and there's plenty of people like that. Right. Um, after the break, we want to know after the Capital FM DJ and Charlton fan uh, Dave Berry, he uh, bet on Charlton at the start of the season to finish in the top six. Uh, he couldn't <laughs> be more wrong. Uh, we want to know what's the worst prediction <laughs> you've ever made to so get your tweets in at Charlton Live or your emails in studio at charltonlive.co.uk we'll be back in 30 seconds so am I still waiting for this world to stop hating can't find a good reason can't find hope to believe in 
for Ahern Grant. Can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Custer to the far post. Yeah! That's good. Come on! With a goal! Yeah! In the 96th minute! Charlton Live. You're listening to Charlton Live here. On a Sunday evening on charltonlive.co.uk. Right, as I said just before the uh, the break, there was a tweet going around from uh, Dave Berry, uh, very famous Capital FM DJ writer for The Guardian, I think he put on his uh, thing, and he does uh, does a little bit of TV as well. Um, massive Charlton fan. He comes to the, the games every every now and then, as far as I know. And he um, he he's delusional. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, he bet at the start of the season that Charlton are going to finish in, inside the, the top six, and obviously that hasn't... Um, Hasn't happened. So we Mind you, I bet five games in, he was thinking, oh, hello. In <laughs> fairness, I must say, um, Barry doesn't know a great deal about football. <laughs> There's a statement. And uh, these if, are the if thoughts he's listening, of, uh, he'll back me up here, because every time he has to pick an all-time Charlton 11, he rings me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you've got to be nice about him. He, tw- he sent No, I love him to death. Day. I absolutely yeah. love him to death. Um, he, was the, on my, he was on my brother's show on XFM a few weeks ago as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Just um, recently, he did another name you name you eleven, yeah. and uh, I knew him before he was famous. So in, ter- in terms of worst, <laughs> in, in terms of worst predictions, I've I've got two. Um, <coughs> at the start of the season, uh, I wrote when I was still doing news shopper stuff. I wrote a column for them saying that uh, I picked out the two stars of our, of our new signings. I said they were going to be. In a, I said Ahmed Kashi started off well. He's been injured, so I'm not I'm not counting that one as a bad prediction. I think if he had played, he would have been good. The other one was Christian Sabayo, so he can't even take a corner. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that will go down in history, yeah. that particular YouTube clip. Yeah. It? So uh, I felt that that was my bad prediction. The, the, the second one goes back, and I'm, I've said this on the show before, but it go back to I think it was about 2006, the season we got relegated from the Premier League. Um, uh, one of our, our our first win of that season was in our second home game of that season it was against Bolton Wanderers, and we won two 0 And it was either on the day of my birthday or the day before or the day after. So I, I was flush, you know, with birthday cash burning a hole in my pocket, uh, and I wanted to get the new kit. And uh, against uh, against Bolton Wanderers, Andy Fire put in an absolute top notch performance. So I was like. <laughs> I'm getting myself an Andy Fire shirt. Oh, hello. Oh, yeah. Dear. And uh, yeah, that, that's uh, <laughs> That was that. That was that was my arguably my my worst prediction. Tell you I've got one that um uh, goes back a while. Um we were playing I you know I can't remember even no we were playing but we signed I'm sure he played no, a, a tall lanky player that used to play for Sheffield Wednesday. Um and I'm, well, I wish I could remember his name. But he used to Online t- or uh, No, no proper. Um and uh, we signed him when we were in the Premier League. And I wish I could remember his name. I can't remember. It'll we'll come to we'll me Google later. It. Uh, but I'll um, get, I'll get on uh, we were. I think it was nil nil, or, uh, or I mean, we might have even been one nil down. And uh, the uh, we made a so we got a free kick um, about I don't know ten yards outside uh, outside the penalty area, something of that order, maybe a bit more. Uh, and just at that point, I, it must have been Curbs or who was in charge had to make a sub. I'm sure it was Curbs. Uh, and I said, take off this fella. Because uh, we got a free kick and he's lying over us. And I, my exact words, I can't say, but it's basically cow's backside and banjo uh, were the uh, was basically the statement. You've got to take him off because he couldn't hit a cow's backside with a banjo. Uh, was my statement. Uh, the sub substitution was made and uh, uh, and it wasn't him. So I'm going, oh good God, we're in trouble. And he's never going to. Of course, he promptly lines up the free kick and spanks it into <laughs> the right hand corner. To which everybody around me in the covered end uh, pointed at me. And said, Are we talking about Jay Boffroyd? No, 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 no. Chris no. Bart Williams. Well, that's the one. Chris yeah, Bart yeah, Williams against Derby. Oh, yes. yeah. Chris Bart Williams. He wasn't tall. Uh, he's tallish. No, he no? wasn't. Okay. Isn't it sad that I was just going through my mind all the free kicks I can yeah. remember scoring? <laughs> yeah. I think about Chris three. Bart Williams is exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was uh, that was mine. Bob Lipscomb sent us one. Yep. 
Uh, I went one better, than, one better than Dave Berry. I had one bet to win the league and the other one just to get promotion. Mine are still pending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Lockwood tweeted and said that he made the very same bet that Dave Berry tweeted. It must be a Dave thing. He said he even wrote a post on our blog about how confident he was. Lockwood knows nothing about yeah. <laughs> There we go. Uh, someone else. It's quite worrying, actually, because we've got three, three of the four tweets here are all from Charlton Live members. Uh, Crispy says that I'll admit that I put a tenner on us to win the league at the start oh, of the uh, season. Told me that for, this explains everything why we've done what we've done now. <laughs> uh, he said he put a tenner on us, a tenner on us uh, 100 to 1 to win the league. Uh, that's £10 he will not be seeing again. Uh uh, Twigolo on uh, on Twitter says uh, he said the same as Dave. He also said that Millwall would drop down to League Two. They're in the playoffs at the moment. Yeah, that's so, more wishful thinking than yeah. genuine bet. Uh, Tom, an- another one on our show, says that after Hull, he said that we'd finish in the top eight, uh, absolutely minimum <laughs> in the top eight. And he, he also said that uh, Sabayos was our big prospect. Uh, so at least I wasn't the only one on that. Captain Black Addict tweeted in that after a decent performance in our preseason friendly versus West Ham, uh, I predicted that El Haji Bar would be a cult hero. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> close, close. Yeah, yeah, very close. Yeah, yeah. just a spelling slightly out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of hero, obviously. Yeah, a couple more. A zero. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what words. you were thinking. <laughs> right, sorry. Uh, Chris says, uh, I predicted that Pardew would keep us in the Premier League oh. and, and then get us to promotion the next season. Into what? Europe. Oh, well, unless they meant the next season that we'd no, be promoted. when we okay. went down and... Yeah. 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 For a second, I thought they'd get promoted into something like the Super League or something. Uh, uh, bottle... Uh, yeah, and then Bordle replies, why, what's higher than the Premiership? <laughs> uh, London Geezer says, uh, what's your mouth out mentioning the same? Lewis Wheeler says that he predicted that we'd beat Watford away uh, 2-0. Uh, we lost 5-0. I've got a few emails in. We need to run through these because we haven't got long on the show yet. Uh, Mark Cox must have um, done this uh, again between Thursday and, uh, and, and <coughs> today. So um, he answers a, a question about, uh, I think you might be right, but basically he's saying it's far too, li- far too little, far too late. It was clear our squad was totally inadequate from the outset and nothing was done about it and embarrassing and shameful. Uh, Morrison may not have been our best defender we ever had, but he was dependable and no defender we've signed since has been superior, according to Mark Cox about mm. uh, about Morrow. Mm. Uh, another question about Morrow. This, um, this one for you, Sue. Uh, <coughs> Matthias. Matthias, our friend up in Sheffield. Hi, guys. What was the reception like for Mo- Michael Morrison? Great win. Really enjoyed finding out and celebrating in the car. Uh, te- uh, how do you pronounce George's surname? To share on good well, that's what I've scoring been form for centre back. Love it. Still a small chance of staying up, but if we keep grabbing results, then who knows? We'll fight till the end. Thanks. Um, the reception was. Uh, he got a good reception, didn't he? People were clapping. Um, there wasn't a big announcement or anything, but um, no, I thought I think there was a huge uh, round of applause when yeah. when his name was announced, like, and he got clapped off as well. Yeah, normally, you'd see um, a big. Uh, Dave, Dave normally is allowed to go with a big like welcome back to the valley, uh, and he, he wasn't able to, which is odd. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I didn't find that out till tonight, so I don't know. Yeah, I've spoken to Dave about it. Um, so it's just a slightly petty on it. I know <laughs> Morrison's spoken out against this regime since then, but on what planet can can we can the Charlton hear? Well, not hear a, a decent Charlton player. Well, yeah, it's a bit petty. Yeah. We are, I was um, I was hoping to to have Murray on the show yesterday, as we did with Jan. Uh, with Jan, I was able to prearrange it because I, I knew someone who knew someone. But with uh, with Morrow, I just went up to the to the Birmingham press team and just said, oh, is, there, "Is there any chance after the game?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure, he'd be fine with that." Uh, and then I was in the tunnel after the game, and I said, "Is, is that right?" The problem was he's been taken off for the you know t- the players get picked at random to the be taken testing, off for the drug yeah. testing, so that can take a while. And um, I put this nicely. Mor- Morrow was um, getting a bit of stage fright and uh, was struggling to uh, fill the cup. So we, I was waiting around for about an hour and a half before he could fully fill the cup. And after that, he, did, he, just, he didn't have time to do the interview. So unfortunately, we weren't able to grab uh, Michael Morrison. But um, 
yeah, he, he um, can't. I've heard that before, like quite a lot of them. Uh, well, you've been running around <coughs> for an hour and a half. You're yeah, not going to exactly. have any liquid left in you. Exactly you? right. Um, Brian Cole's email. Hi, guys. Just joined the show. So don't know if this has already been covered. With Ipswich charging £35 on the night for tickets, I will be staying at home for the first time in many, many games. What makes Ipswich think this is reasonable for a game on a Tuesday night, especially as the Premier League will have a max anyway price of £30 next year, next season? So unless Terry needs me to co-commentate or Lou wants me to <laughs> ask some good questions, then I won't be there. Hugs, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing would uh, give me uh, greater pleasure, but uh, I, think we're, I think we're oversubscribed on uh, on uh, Tuesday night. I think there's about five of them oh, yeah. going up there. Yeah, stubbers. stubbers going, uh, Liam's about. So, um, yeah, and uh, even Scoop was sniffing around uh, uh, yesterday for that a lift. No yeah, but that is a shame that, um, that Brian obviously drive, he drives up from the south coast at Portsmouth and he goes to all the games. Mm. And it's it, it just been priced up, but fair play to him taking a stand and not having the. I mean, the only thing, the I mean, to give the club some credit, so, um, they have uh, said, you know, free coach travel, which a lot of people don't like going by coach anyway, so I get that. But. Uh, um, when somebody's charging thirty five, I mean, this just you can't justify it. How can you? I mean, if they were top, then there might be some, at least some plausible so explanation. You set for your it. prices at the start of the season, exactly. Anyway, yeah, so. exactly right. Yeah, uh, uh, Bob's uh, emailed us in, and uh, he's got it's just it's just a John Pearson. I'm not sure what that means, John, uh, Bob, but. Um, uh, that's all he says. Is that the a striker that you used to play for Sheffield? Uh, no, yeah, John Pearson used to play and, play, and for us. And, oh, so, uh, so he's probably guessing then that that was your mystery player. Oh, I see. No, no, beg your pardon. No, you're right. Yeah, well, no, it's um, Bart Williams. But uh, John Pearson, lovely fellow, and uh, meet him every time we go up to Sheffield. Oh, it's a smashing him, bloke. Yeah. Absolutely uh, diamond guy and, uh, and rem- remembers us fondly. Quizzy hmm. uh, uh, says, do you think that the, the fact that Dave was asked not to mention Morrow had anything to do with how much we cheered Jan? No, uh, I just think it's the fact that potentially, Morrison, yeah. Morrison has actually, well, it could have been, or the fact that Morrison has spoken out against. Well, so did Jan, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Mm. Uh, looking ahead to it, so we've got uh, three or four no. minutes left. Uh, I've, asked a, I've asked for predictions. Mike Tyson says that we're going to lose 3 0. <laughs> um, how, how do you see this one going? As, uh, uh, as Peter Pierce said earlier on in the show, like, um, we, we always struggle against Mick McCarthy, don't we? Ipswich has never been um, our favourite hunting ground, generally, I don't think. Is it? Um, I think the playoff. Uh, semi-finals probably the best performance in recent years that I can remember uh, we, have we beaten them up there since then oh possibly yeah, no, I've, I'm, I've seen David, quite a few David draws up there? I've seen quite a few draws that was the one actually the one the last time I went there when we drew it when Jacko scored that was when I got my shin injury ah uh, oh, so you drove me that day, didn't you see? Uh? You drove me that day. It was on New Year's Day. Yeah. You met you at Dartford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I missed the one, I mean, the, the, probably the more famous one, Lieber and Hattrick up at uh, Portland Road, and I was stuck on the uh, M25 uh, trying to get to that game. Are you sure it happened? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I was listening to it on radio, so I know. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, other than that, I'm just actually looking at our head-to-head, uh, or looking for our head-to-head uh, results against uh, against Ipswich just to find out. I think we, since we got back into the championship, we've lost every home game against them. Away from home, I think we we won our first one up there. We drew, uh, and then last season we, we did get beaten three nil. Um, when uh, so I remember before the home game, seeing the fact it was Mick McCarthy up against Carol Fry, and seeing an absolute hardened championship manager who understands how this league works up against Carol Fry, and you know we all knew we were going to be in for a tough one that day, and we just we just looked ridiculous in that game. We've uh, overall records. We've won eighteen. They've won twenty three, and um, I, I hate to tell you this, guys, we haven't beaten them since September two thousand and twelve. Hmm. Oh well, it's, it's and lost the next time, six. Isn't it? Uh, lost five out of the next six and it's drawn about- one. So, um, yeah, we're we'll overdue. Be fine. We'll be fine. We're overdue. Realistically, 
Um, we lose that game. Is it is it over? Or is it still depend on what other teams? <sighs> no, no, it's not because um, you know we've still got six games after this one. So um, I think getting anything out of it, which would be a bonus, because as I say, um, our record isn't <laughs> doesn't always uh, fill me full of. And they're they're eight. They're, so Ipswich are, are fighting for a, a playoff spot as well. So it's not as if they, their season's over. So um, it'll be a tough one, no question. Uh, but you know, if we play anything like we played yesterday. Uh, with that little bit of extra um, uh, from the off instead of having to wait until the second half. Uh, I wonder if he'll only play one up front, uh, maybe Callum up there or Igor up there on his own, um, and, and have five behind him. be interesting to see how we set up. Um, they lost at home to Rotherham a couple of weeks ago, so they're, they're not completely... Un- no, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at all the results in the Championship, there, there isn't any, apart from possibly the top two, uh, maybe top three if you include Brighton, uh, but even Middlesbrough in that top three, there's no teams that are actually you could put your actual mortgage on and say that's a definite win for that team because um, it's so erratic, the Championship. Everybody seems capable of beating everybody uh, in this league, mm. uh, and it's only teams that put in a reasonably consistent run are the ones that find themselves at the top. Uh, Nathan Price, he, he must cheers, Nathan. Uh, lump your life savings on an Ipswich win on Tuesday. I'll be there, and the other, and the other ways I've done have not um, have done have been Reading and Colchester, and we know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, Stay at home, Nathan, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, 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 there's How are you getting in, Nathan? We'll try and put some obstacles in the way. Yeah, there's, there's probably a fair few Charlton fans who have similar records this season. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. If, if you pick any hand for the games, the likelihood is we've lost them. Actually, so. yeah, I think I went to both of them as well. Oh, so ah. your fault. <laughs> I'm not going Tuesday, well, though. Right. Mm. No, oh, there we go. Free I'll spend the night in the bath. Excellent stuff. That's the lucky... Excellent no, that's stuff. the lucky... Uh, is it a lucky Did bath? Did you not hear the thing? Was a, it a few weeks, a few games ago? We won when you were in the bath. Yeah, I have to stay in the bath. Well, you must be cold by the time the end of the game yeah, comes around. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> right. It's not pleasant. And on, on, that, on that, uh, that image, we're going to end the show. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the time has run out. Thanks for all your, your tweets and your emails into the studio this evening. Just quickly before quickly we before quick go. Quickly before we go, men's health activities in Greenwich. Though, I was handed this by the uh, Community Trust, uh, talking about a men's social evening, you know, the walking football thing. Uh, <coughs> every, every Monday from 7.15 to 9.15 at Valley Central. Uh, walking football every Tuesday at 10.30 to 11.30 at Eltham Goals. Turn up or call 0800 uh, 0965436 or if you just want to know about the men's social evening it's 0800 470 and there's uh, 50 plus men in sheds uh, if you want um, yeah I know uh, learn in a workshop environment in sheds so uh, you can help the community or meet for a chat and uh, that's in Eltham and Woolwich Dockyard uh, call 0208 294 we'll try and put that up on the website if we can so that's the yeah the, the walking football so if you've still got the, uh, the the mind to play but you've only got the fitness of Tony Watt um, head, head down to, to the walking football right that is uh, all we have time for here on Charlton Live. Uh, Tell, thanks for joining us here. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for coming in, Sue. Thank you very much. I've been your host, Louis Mendes. Let's hope that this uh, this ex- excellent run of form can continue at Portman Road on Tuesday night. Come on, you Reds. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.